it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, well, well. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big Thursday episode of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. A man who did not vote against banning Hamas terrorists from this country. What the hell did you just say? That's a weird way to open a show, but dig this. Two squad members, two Democrats, out of everyone in the House of Representatives, 435 of them in the House of Representatives, okay, two members of the squad, Rashida Tlaib and Cori Bush, voted against a bill that would ban Hamas terrorists from entering the country. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Really is. We're going to talk about it in this hour. It is, um, man, a stampede of stupidity in Washington, D.C., but I'm in such a good mood uh, that the world is absolutely on fire, but we are going to roast some marshmallows, girlfriend. 888-788-9910. That is the phone number if you want to be a part of the program, uh, a program that functions with one rule. Every day, when I come on, I don't complicate things. Some hosts give you homework. Go research this. You know, I give you nothing. I beg you to buy my book because I want to make the bestseller list. Go to jimmysignedbook.com. If we have a bestseller, it's just hilarious to me as a community college graduate to have my name up there with the people who are, as you know, educated and stuff. These people read books. I mean, I just wrote one. I didn't say a word about reading them. But the point is, uh, jimmysignedbook.com uh, if you want it autographed, foxnewsbooks.com if you just want a regular copy. And really quickly, before we move on with the show, if you attended last night's virtual book launch, this is for you. The folks at Premier Live who stage these book events, uh, it was really funny because they said, going into the event, they're like, we've never had this many pre-submitted questions for an author, and none of them are serious questions. <laughs> they were like, two things we're dealing with here. And I told you yesterday on the radio, I go, these people have no idea what they're getting into. The Fox Across America audience, well represented, well represented on that group chat. I think the first question that got read aloud was from Michael. I think Michael's question was the first clip played at the book launch. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Fine, but he got right through. And uh, from there, it was just all downhill in glorious fashion. It was just a free-for-all. They said they've never seen anything like it in their life. They thought it was going to run 30 minutes. We did about an hour and a half. If you didn't attend it and you want to see it, it is on the Fox Across America Facebook page. It's such a great moment. In the history of this show, I will never forget it as long as I live. So seriously, if you were a part of it, uh, this buds for you. Uh, If you want to meet me in person and you're on the East Coast this weekend, I am doing a book signing at Books and Greetings in North Vale, New Jersey, this Sunday at noon. Uh, The following week, I've got two signings, one on Long Island, Hey Girl, at the Gardner Manor Mall. And the following Saturday, well, this Saturday, February the 10th, coming up after that, it's myself and Dana Perino. At the Little Point Bookstore down in Jersey. 
How about it? Me and Dana. She's going to moderate the book. I'm going to do a little stand-up. I'm going to have a couple of jokes. It's going to be fantastic. So I am thrilled uh, to get out there and meet you guys, as we did last night for a lot longer than we were supposed to, because this is the hook, man. This is what we do. I'm a real person. This is a real show. We talk about real issues, and we have a real, I mean a real, good time. Okay, that's what's happening. But when it comes to the issues of the day, when it comes to my actual radio job, let me take off the sandwich board here, start having a grown-up conversation. So basically what they did, it's called the No Immigration Benefits for Hamas Terrorist Act. Okay, No Immigration Benefits for Hamas Terrorist Acts. What that means is it's an extension of a pre-existing ban on PLO officers to include all PLO members, so the Palestinian Liberation Organization. California Representative Tom McClintock introduced it. California. Okay, we could talk about party affiliations, but the bigger letter here is not R or D, it's C, California. McClintock introduces legislation that bars Hamas members and other known participants in the October 7th attacks from ever entering the U.S. Here is the actual text. Any person who participated in, planned, financed, afforded material support to, or otherwise facilitated the October 7th attack on Israel or attacks after that shall be ineligible for any relief under the immigration laws. Any alien who carried out, participated in, planned, financed, afforded material to, or otherwise facilitated any of the attacks against Israel initiated by Hamas, uh, also beginning October the 7th, 2023, is inadmissible. So you understand, okay, the vote is very simple, straight up, straight down. Do you want to let the Hamas people who attacked Israel in? Uh, yes or no? Okay, and while you're voting, do you want to let the people who gave them the money to attack Israel in? Yes or no? Okay, in a 435-person chamber, okay, some people weren't there. 422 members, Republican and Democrat, voted yes, you ban the terrorists. One person, one person voted present. This guy's a serious ass. We'll get to that. And then, of course, Cori Bush and Rashida Tlaib voted against the bill. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Okay. Understand, they're trying to tell you, ah, this is a Republican ploy. To stoke racial division and anti-Muslim center. Oh, shut up, woman. Totally. You want to know why? Because everybody, everybody, including every Republican, and oh, by the way, the nearly 200 Democrats that voted to support this bill understand nobody is calling out the Muslim community. Everybody is calling out the terrorists. Bingo. Okay. What they did is intellectually disqualifying. Okay, and I say this on two fronts. One is, if you're going to represent large groups of people, there is no more primal need, more primal need for your constituents than safety. Okay, these are terrorists. They don't value human life. They want to kill us. They shouldn't be allowed to come here. He knows what he's talking about. Shouldn't allow, should be allowed to come. But two is, they then use this no vote because it gets them all types of media attention and they fundraise off of it. Oh, they just can't stand a strong brown woman. The color of my skin, that's why they're mad. 
Guys, there's no color of skin that will get any of us to support terrorist acts. None. And you know that. And I know that. Everybody knows that. Which is why I'm telling you these these are reprehensible losers. Okay? And they're trying to tell you, oh, it's just a political game. I'm not voting along with these Republicans who do January 6th stuff and blah, blah, blah. So you let the terrorists come into the country? I, well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. But that's who we're dealing with. When I get on the radio every day, you know, a lot of jokes, a lot of promotion. We've got a lot going on on the show, and I'm very thankful for that. But I'm reminding you of these things because I need you to understand I got here by bargaining with you in good faith. The show did not grow to where it is. We don't have TV shows now and best-selling books and everything in between because I was a carnival barker trying to get people angry for the sake of higher ratings. Okay, at every step of the way, okay, I sat and have talked to you and just given you what I thought my best opinion was on every issue and had a good time doing it. That's it. I'm not right about everything. I don't even know what I'm doing half the time. But it's a real guy talking to real people. That's why the book launch was so funny yesterday. They were literally, I'm sorry to go back to it for one second, they were horrified and, uh, and amused within an inch of their life. They thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Like, <laughs> this is just the best crowd. But let me move forward, okay? Okay, what they're telling you in this moment, okay, is, you know, they had to do this, okay, because the Republicans, you know, they're evil, they don't like the brown women. They're trying to stoke racial division. Okay, that's why I voted against this bill. I can't support the racism. Guys, again and again and again, we're not talking to you about race. Okay, we're talking to you about terrorists. Israel doesn't have a Muslim problem. You know how many Muslims live in Israel? Israel's got a population of just under 8 million people. Two million of them are Muslim. A quarter of their population is Muslim. Okay, they don't have a problem with Muslims. They have a problem with terrorists. But we're at this cheap point in our politics where fake racism pays so well, so well for a minority member like them to run out there and be like, oh, they don't like the brown people. Here they go, banning the terrorists. And that's what they do. Okay, they do it whenever you get a dumb policy out of AOC and she starts screaming, why? Because I'm a woman who worked my way up. AOC is a dope. She's a carnival barker, but they all are. But you understand these are people with power that are supposed to be representing tens of thousands of people. And when they're saying to tens of thousands of people, no, I will not vote to ban terrorists from coming into our country. Because of like, I don't know, something with racism I can fundraise off of. Yo, the adults are talking. Okay, this has nothing to do with anyone's race. This has nothing to do with anyone's gender. Okay, no matter what your color is, no matter what your age is, no matter how hot you might be. Okay, there's a lot of gorgeous women running around the world. Hubba, hubba. Okay, but it doesn't matter. There is not, and I thought about this, there is not a woman hot enough (laughs) that we're going to forgive her for letting terrorist attacks happen. And believe me, I thought about it. Mid-80s. Catherine Bach, Daisy Duke on the Dukes. I got to be honest. I'd let Catherine Bach get away with a lot when I was a little kid. Mike, I mean, man. Like, maybe if she lent financial support, I'd, you know, forgive her. You know, it's hard to say if she knew what the money was going to her. But if she actually let a terrorist attack happen, okay, even Catherine Bach from the Dukes of Hazard. Get her out. Get her out of here. So when you talk about 
low-level race-baiting trash like what we have in the squad, every single one of them just has to go. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I am trying to hold this country together. Probably the easiest way to do it is to just get rid of the clowns. Man, do we have a lot of them. No one knows better than our next caller. Harold down in Raleigh, North Carolina. Harold. How you doing, Jimmy? Thank you for taking my call. Of course. Uh, I I wanted to talk about Miss Bush, but let's, I guess we can do the beat down in Manhattan with the uh, Oh, wow. Harold, can I just cut you off for one second? Every time yes, you get on the phone, we always wind up being short on time. We have real time right now. I would like to give you the floor. Whatever resonates with you, Harold, take it away. It's called Fox Across America with Harold. Well, two things. First of all, Corey Butch was, is the same idiot that called for a ceasefire in Palestine. Yep. And, and meanwhile, Chicago's a you-know-what. I mean, <laughs> no, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. St. Louis yep. is a violent, violent city. Mm-hmm. Same thing with that clown in uh, Chicago. We want a Palestine ceasefire, but Chicago's a shooting gallery. <laughs> these are the idiots that, but these are idiots that black people put in office. Yep, that kills now, me. Now that beat down in Manhattan, she Hoko gets on TV and says, "Oh, I, I, well, we should look into the getting them deported." I just mm-hmm. came back from overseas, um, Jimmy, mm-hmm. and I and I had a valid U.S. passport. You know what happened? With, what would happen to me if I attacked a police officer oh, in yeah, one of no the try. countries that I was visiting in? Oh man, you might get killed. Let alone, you, you can't make this up. Yeah. You can't make it up. And then, and then Sharpton, oh, oh, that shouldn't happen. And uh, he's another, he's another one that's full of it. Mm-hmm. Because the bottom line was, had that been five cops, you know, fighting with a black kid, mm-hmm. it'd have been a different ball game. Oh, huh? fire him, get, get rid of him, yep. excessive force, sue him, you name it. That's that's yep. what would have happened. Yep. It's all. It's but all. I'm tired of these clowns. I'm tired of these clowns that I see on. Like you just called it. They, 435 clowns in the House of Representatives and 100 idiots in the Senate. (laughs) It's unbelievable, but that's what's running this thing. That's why I'm trying to tell people, you know, the caliber of the individual we send to Washington really needs to be the focus. Because a lot of these people are clowns. I mean, when you can't can't ban terrorists, in what world, in what context could you possibly give me where it's okay to let these people in, you know? Well, she doesn't even want to lock up criminals in St. Louis, so I'm not surprised. Yep. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not surprised at her because, first of all, she's low. It's, mm-hmm. There should be some kind of prerequisite in, to be good in the Congress. Mm-hmm. Should be some kind of criteria. Just like for me becoming a cop, I had to have a high school diploma. Had had a clean record. There should be some pre. First of all, most people in Congress can't count because <laughs> if we're 37, 34 trillion in the hole, and these are the best minds that we have yeah. running this country, Ray Charles could do a better job. <laughs> Harold throwing a third-party candidate into the election. We'll check the we'll check the polling in a week. Is everything else good? Well, yeah, everything's good. I just came back in the country when I, I was at the uh, 
Border Patrol or CB, whatever, mm-hmm. immigration. I asked the guy, I says, um, suppose I didn't have this passport, what would you do? He says, well, you're an American citizen. I said, you don't know that. Huh. He, he wouldn't answer me. He wouldn't, he wouldn't answer me. Nope. Because I don't, I'm telling you, there, there's no defense being played, man. And, you know, they're probably under a very strict order in terms of how they converse. But I feel bad for them because they're in a bad spot, man. They're all. Jimmy, like I said, like I said before, I called the White House for you. Trump would have got reelected if he did two things: mm-hmm. send all those immigrants to the richest zip codes in America, mm-hmm. and hold all his press conferences in the ghettos of America: That's Chicago, true. Detroit, St. Louis, and and the backdrop should be the hood, mm-hmm. and say this is what you've been voting for for sixty-five years. Yep. I mean, listen. When you hear like rappers like Ice Cube is saying that, you know, Meek Mill, Snoop Dogg is saying that they're saying, you know, by the way, come to think of it, this Democratic thing isn't working. So we need more people like yourself who are outspoken because it's the truth. Would you manage Trump's campaign? I want to be his homeland security director. I clean. I straighten that border out in 22 minutes. Uh, All right. No. and, And I and I genuinely believe you would. Uh, but are you also asking for a cabinet position so you can see more of Melania? Well, she's a good-looking lady, but she's married. I'm married. So oh, I, Harold, what a class act, Harold. You are too classy I, I, for the show. You're too classy. But, I kid. But, Mr. Feller, the, the bottom line is I've been complaining about I- illegal immigration for four years, four or five years, and I gave them the, what they needed to do. They sent one plane. That's why I don't like the Santas. Mm-hmm. He sent one plane load to, to Martha's Vineyard, and that was it. You wanted more. He should have sent them every day. Every day he should have, they should have got a plane load of these upstanding citizens because, like Trump said, you're not getting doctors and lawyers. You're mm-hmm. getting the riffraff that they don't want in their countries, and they're shipping them here oh, these, by the thousands. These... And it's going to show up in about five or ten years when these guys become teenagers or older men, can't work, can't do this, can't do that. The crime is going to go through the roof, and you can't hire a cop. Yep. I think there's a place in California – Starting salary is a buck twenty, and they were giving you ten thousand bonus, and they wow. can't find anybody to take the job. Could you imagine that? That's like triple the starting pay of the city job here in New York. That's crazy. I mean, uh, well, listen. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm out. I'm glad I'm out, Jimmy. I got my. I get my pension every month. Good for I'm you. glad I don't have to deal with it because if had that been me in Times Square, and those cops couldn't fight because I yeah. would have got me. My, my thing is this. You better get yours because I'm going to get mine. Damn right you are, Harold. We love you for it, man. Great call as always. A dominant five minutes and 40 seconds. We'll do it again. Harold gets a raucous round of applause from the studio audience because you know he would get his if someone took a swing at Harold. They're in big trouble. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Mary Ann, up in the Finger Lakes region in upstate New York. Mary Ann, hey, girl. Hi, Jimmy. How you doing? Better now. You know I love your energy. It's good for the show. Let's go. Okay, so I have two subjects to comment on. Ooh. The first is the, the um, negative present vote. They should all be impeached. First of all, they all swore to uphold the Constitution, which translates into keeping all U.S. citizens, not just their voters, safe. Mm -hmm. And as far as voting present, that shouldn't even be in existence. Either you're absent 
because you're obviously not present yeah. in mind and spirit and stuff because you don't even vote on that. Yeah. So anyway, President- they should be marking the report card that they missed it. After, you know? <laughs> you give them a demerit. I like this. That's right. And um, the second thing is about Austin. My husband spent 40 years in the service oh. um, to our country, and he recently had prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. So as far as Austin, he should have let the president and anyone that needed to know about his situation know. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he didn't need to disclose the specifics, just the urgency and absence from duty. And that's why there's a chain of command. Mm-hmm. And he could update his situation as needed. Because when you have prostate cancer, there's a lot of quick decisions that need to be made about a lot of things. And so he probably, you know, mm-hmm. was overwhelmed. Yeah. But but he could have said, you know, okay, I just had this thing. I've got to go in for surgery. I'm going to be out this amount of time. Mm-hmm. It's serious, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but he didn't do that, and he's right. It what it is his responsibility. Hundred percent. Not his staff or anybody else. It should come down on him. Listen. And I, then there's another I, comment I wanted to tell you about before I forget. But no. when you first announced you were having the Saturday show, mm-hmm. I remember 20 years ago, got fell down red eye. He had a call in where he asked questions. You could record it. Uh-huh. And I thought, did Jimmy should do something like that? And I see R. That is fu- Oh, that's funny. Well, I didn't know they ever did that. But, yeah, we're throwing videos on and, and everything. Uh, yeah. The, yeah the, the email, since you reminded me, it's FN, FN Saturday Night Fans, FN Saturday Night Fans at Fox.com. We got a lot of great questions from the radio audience and obviously okay. the TV audience. So you'll see more of them this week. But if you ever want on the show, Marianne, send me something silly. Uh, it could be a serious question. Doesn't matter. Throw me uh, whatever you got mm-hmm. and we'll put you on TV. Right. Well, you touch all the serious stuff like normal people do with, you know, a, mm-hmm. a strange sense of humor. I call it reality humor. It, yeah, it's, it's, um, that's <laughs> that's funny. Reality humor. And Marianne, you should yeah. be you should be running my tour promotion. We're gonna have to talk offline. You're great. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Sounds ha- good. Have a lovely Thursday, sweetheart. I will see you on the telly Saturday night. You better be there. Okay, I'll be there. Thanks. There you go. My new producer, Marianne. Uh, Great call as always. Uh, I made a quick reference yesterday um, on the show before we were signing off. I said we're doing a virtual book signing tonight, and I don't think the people staging this thing have any idea who hangs out in a Jimmy Fallon crowd. (laughs) Well, we were one minute into yesterday's virtual book signing uh, when they completely understood what was going on. <laughs> Joining us now, a man who can attest to some of the chicanery that went down. Michael is now down in Pensacola, Florida. Michael. <laughs> wow. Jimmy, the live book signing was fantastic. And, you know, your listeners may not know that you wrote a book and it's currently on sale. You probably ought to clue them in. You know, really. <laughs> Good for you. Do you want to laugh, though, Michael? Brian Brenberg is the moderator. He doesn't know you. He doesn't know of your relationship to the show. So of all the pre-sent questions, we had 1,300 questions that were sent in before we went live. Oh, Lord. Out of 1,300 oh, questions, he goes, a question about your wife from some guy named Michael. I was like, what are the odds? Unbelievable. What are the odds? Oh, so many great things y'all discussed. And Brenberg was a hoot. He's great. He, he did such a great job as the MC. You know, if people didn't see it, they really ought to go look it up. It was so much fun. Oh, 
Oh, watching the two of you. Thank you, buddy. But it was great. It was it was but it was our people for me that made it funny. Like I me and Brenberg would do that if we were hanging out alone. It was the fact that we had all of this Fox Across America firepower rode into the event. Even the people from the publishers were texting me, What the hell is going on at your book signing? <laughs> They did not know what they had gotten themselves into. Hey, look, uh-huh. I had no idea that you rode hogs back in the day, and I'm not talking about your dates. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, I have an extensive motorcycle history, and I only, like, put them aside when uh, me and Jenny moved into the city because it's really not, you know, productive to have one here. Uh, and then, you know, my finances put them aside for me after that. But, uh, yeah, we rode some nice bikes. My dad is a, a lunatic. My dad drives a Dyna Wide Glide with no swing arm on wow. the back. Uh, he drives it to Alaska from New York. I mean, he rides. My oh, dad, man. Yeah, he rides. He's calmed down a little bit finally, but he's a real rider. He was a motorcycle cop um, in Nassau County. And if you Holy remember cow. back in the 80s when people didn't sue each other and you couldn't get in trouble for stuff, uh, the first time I was on a motorcycle, his partner, Charlie Davis, my first actual black friend growing up in Levittown as an adult. I had a kid I played ball with, and I had Charlie Davis. Charlie was a motorcycle cop who picked me up at my house when I was about three years old and put me on the tank of the motorcycle, no helmet, and drove me all <laughs> over town. It was the greatest day of my life, man. It's the greatest day of my life. Imagine oh, that now. Man. The cop would be fired. He'd be fired on the spot. <laughs> You'd be all over TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> Look at what this man's doing. Hey, that big dog bike yeah. looks badass, man. That was a cool bike. I will, I'll post a couple of them online. I also had a big dog. If you Google it, it was called a canine. And a big dog canine, that was a chopper. But it had a 330 tire on the back, a big fat tire, and it was right side drive. So you, it was a really sweet ride. All crazy PM parts and high-end rims. It was nice. That's the last thing I owned before I married Jenny. And uh, all the fun went out the window. But that's not true. We're doing all right. <laughs> now, don't you dare hold that against that beautiful wife of yours. You know, you wanna... It was time for you to get rid of those can... and move on to her. Can I tell you something? <laughs> Good for you. All right. And, and this is this is, we have to stop with the Jenny praise because getting out of hand. So you know what happened to me today? Right before we went live, I was walking around the building and you give all the executives a signed copy of your book, okay? Uh, The people who run Fox Nation, I'm talking about the head guy and gal that run Fox Nation, I randomly run into them in the hallway and they're like, oh, Jimmy's here. But more importantly, where's his wife? Yo, man, she was great on TV. I was like, screw you. (laughs) You are just the arm candy for Jenny. Come on. You know how it works. I'm so laughing that there's like like some regret in the building that they hired the wrong Fela because she's just so much better looking. (laughs) She's funny. Oh, Michael. Oh, my You're God. the best. Thank, thanks for the great time last night, buddy. It was a hoot. Crushed it. We'll do it again. Be well. There he goes. The great Michael. He's down in Pensacola, Florida today. If you wanted the book signing, okay, you can watch it. It's on the Fox Across America page. Just click on the live stream link. They play it back for you. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. All of the questions were, like, completely out to lunch. We didn't even talk about the book. There were like one or two questions about the book. Most of it was just a Q&A about my life, other jobs, you know, 
motorcycles I've owned, you know, famous bets I've made at casinos and anything you could think of. People you dated, fights you got into, my senior prom, uh, my second grade class photo. It's like it was so bananas. Completely, I was, it was what it was supposed to be. And I was just so thrilled to be a part of it because this audience, I'm telling you, is amazing. But as we move forward with the ball here, the conversation we're supposed to be having on the radio show, okay, about Corey Bush playing the victim, I got to tell you, man, it's this stuff is infuriating. Okay, that's what we were talking about earlier. Okay, is people are voting to let terrorists into the country. And then they're like, what's everybody's problem? Why do you got to give me a hard time? And I'm like, hello, we're talking about terrorists. And I think that's the biggest problem. Here's Al Sharpton. Okay, why is Al Sharpton in the news? Well, because Al Sharpton's always trying to be in the news because he's a race-baiting dirtbag. That's true. That is true. Okay, but we had a situation here in New York. Okay, we had a situation here in New York where uh, a couple of lunatic migrants beat up a bunch of cops. That's what Harold the Caller was referring to earlier. Okay, migrants, some of whom had a prior arrest record, beat up the cops. Okay, got right out of jail. Right out of jail. They're running the streets right now. Paul Morrow was just telling us that there are two pickpocket gangs, one here in Times Square, run down in Washington Square Park. They're organized. They're from Venezuela. They're professional pickpocket organizations. It's not something we run traditionally here in America, but there's a lot of migrant crime being committed. And I'm not saying that because I need to get mad at the people coming here to make a better life. Of course, it's America. The only thing we ever want people to do is come here legally. That's all we ever want, okay? We're not being racist. We're not being xenophobic by saying don't break the law and come into the country. Because here's a newsflash, guys. If coming into the country illegally is the first thing you do, you've already established that you don't respect the laws of our country. That is correct. If the first thing you do when you walk in the door is break the law, It's probably going to progress from there. And wouldn't you know it, that's exactly what happened. Okay, and this is the bigger issue here. All of the Al Sharptons, all of these lunatic squad members who want to take any of your criticism and repackage it as racism, okay, these are carnies. These are low-rent, two-bit carnies that are making money off of a grift. Listen to Al Sharpton, clip 18. You must look at the fact that these were physical attacks. These were not right. somebody you're letting out for doing something that was non-physical. Right. Secondly, with migrants, you're releasing them to go where? So even yeah. those of us that have fought for reform, there's a difference between reform and deform. This is deform. Yeah. This is this is where you are really, again, we need to deal with the migrant issue and we need to deal with the crisis. So to have people just walking around being able to do this is not reforming and it's not progressive. We need to really deal with how we handle policing in a way that police nor citizens are victims of people that are reckless. And we need to be mature about that. So you understand why I played that? That is probably one of one in three trillion Al Sharpton clips where it sounds like It sounds like his head is in the right place. So then you say to yourself, hey, Jimmy, Al Sharpton's a race-baiting carny. 
made his national name by stoking racial division with a fake rape hoax involving Tawana Brawley. He makes all of this money off the black community by dividing us racially. Why the hell is he taking the side of the cops? And then you realize, oh, yeah, most of this violence is being committed against the black community. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. When the Democrats tell you that wanting to deport minorities, okay, who break into this country or come on behalf of drug cartels and human traffickers, when they tell you that's racist, what they failed to mention in the conversation is that over 90% of the crime committed against inner-city inhabitants is crime that's committed against minorities. You are correct, sir. So you, trying to minimize the crime that affects minorities, are being called a racist in this day and age. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But that's what they're doing. When you hear people start to speak up about it, Okay, they're speaking up about it because they're in danger. Okay, not because you're in danger. You've been in danger. I mean, listen, if you've been looking at the crime rates, woo. Okay, the number of people who have crossed the border, we were at 7 million a year ago. We're only speaking up during the last million. Like, in theory, you're supposed to speak up a while ago. It's like the TV show, My 600-Pound Life. Like, My 600-Pound Life. Like, all right, we got to stage an intervention. The guy's 600 pounds. I got to be honest with you. 500 pounds was a really good time to stage an intervention. You know what else was a good time to stage an intervention? 400 pounds. Okay, I'll give you three because I've been 275. Three is not four. But there's not a 400-pound person alive that looks well. Okay, not to mention a 500 or a 600. Now take that and apply it to immigration. Okay, when there were four million illegal migrants crossing the border and overwhelming the cities in Texas, it was a bad look. When there were five million, it was worse. When there were six million, it was circus bad. We're now up to eight million people. Biden sucks. But the fact that anyone like Al Sharpton is only willing to say something now is just proof that they suck just as much as he does. You're absolutely right. A show so good, people don't know what to think. This feels weird. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun, though, isn't it? Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America. Your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Diamond Dave Landau coming by a little bit later in the show. Kat Kamek, superstar representative from the great state of Florida. Good friend of mine. Uh, Someone who actually cares. I always tell you this. You listen to the show. If you hear a lawmaker, it's because I talk to them off the air and they genuinely care. They're not giving you like an act. And then they get off the air and they're like, now, fine, let's uh, go call those Democrats we were bashing and get a beer. That's most of Washington. These people love each other. They're part of the unit party. 80% of Washington is there to go along to get along. You get that sweet lobbyist money. Okay, you get those fine lunches at Cafe Milano. Woo! They're drinking wines I can't even pronounce. And they're having a nice time doing it, but stick with me. Okay, that's most of Washington. The people you hear on this show are people I've talked to off the air. And I'm like, wow, we're actually sitting here three hours later, and they're still talking to me in what I thought were their talking points for the interview. This is really interesting. You know, it's funny. We're going to talk about Nikki Haley later just so you guys can all get worked up before you go out drinking tonight. 
uh, Nikki Haley off the air, you'd be like, oh, wow, no, that's really interesting. <laughs> She's like, you know, family migrated here, built a business. They were governor, made a lot of money. Her husband served the country in uniform. They're in on the joke. They actually care. And, that, you know, again, it's not me saying she's going to be president, not me saying she's going to be the nominee. So don't email the radio station. It's fine. It's just a talk show. But uh, it's fascinating. Because when I talk to Kat Kamek, 99% of the conversation is like keg stands and ridiculousness. But we hit some substantive points along the way because that's who you got to be, man. Like if you want to win in the modern divided era of politics where everybody is just trashing everybody for sport, you can't really grow your flock by out trashing the other side because all they're doing is trashing. Everybody's trashing everybody. Okay, it's like trying to be the bluest smurf. Okay, listen, we're all within a shade, okay, over here at Gargamel's house, wherever the hell we're hanging out for this Smurf metaphor. But the point is, the cool party, the cool party is going to win this election, the party that's perceived as cooler. I don't mean it as the most celebrity influencers, because the Democrats win that, because they're the party of Hollywood. But they're very rarely cool. Have you ever seen any of those montages celebrities were cutting during the 2016 election? That was embarrassing. Oh, the ones they cut during COVID? That was embarrassing. Never mind. If you ever want to hear about the Electoral College and trying to overthrow the results of an election, go Google 2016 Hollywood Electoral College. The, The montage exists to this day, even with like the Martin Sheens of the world, urging the Electoral College... To vote their conscience. We understand Trump may have won the election, but there's a clause that allows you to overturn the will of the people when the people are threatened. Vote your conscience. That's what these Hollywood guys said. He should be behind bars. Right? Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Back in action for a big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, one of my buddies. Kat Kamek from the great state of Florida. She's going to come by to have a grown-up chat about all things America. Freedom! Good old-fashioned freedom. It's a happy show. We have American privilege. We celebrate it. It's a little silly. We say a lot of potty mouth things. Cover your ears, kids. Uh, but you have a good time. You get some hard news, but you don't really have to digest it because we're very much putting your vitamins in your applesauce here at 888-788-9910. I want to give you a little quick montage since we're talking about the kiddos, okay, about yesterday's hearing on Capitol Hill. Okay, here are senators questioning TikTok's role in the Chinese Communist Party. Why is this significant? Because according to recent polling, people under the age of 45, 69% of them, 69% of people under the age of 45, get their news on TikTok. This could be a problem. And why do I say that? Because TikTok is controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. It runs China. Okay, we know through its user interface, that it's stealing biological data, stealing all your personal data in the process. But the bigger detriment is that every one of these apps, this is what you guys have to understand about social media engagement. Every one of these apps, including Elon Musk at Twitter, Elon Musk at Twitter, I am very thankful that he bought Twitter 
but he has the app configured to make sure certain views get more response than other thoughts, okay? Certain accounts have been anointed as these are our trendsetters on the app. This is the ideology we agree with. This is how we want to shape public perception with what we do. That's happening at Twitter. You can see the accounts they're amplifying. You can very much see the accounts that they're holding in check. And it's fascinating if you follow your engagement and your follower accounts to see how that works. But it would appear that that's what they do. But understand the difference between, say, Elon Musk and TikTok Elon Musk is a guy who likes the country. Elon Musk is a guy who champions meritocracy and American excellence. Doesn't mean I laugh at all his jokes. Doesn't mean I agree with all of his points. But there is a very big difference between Elon Musk and the Chinese Communist Party. Now, when you hear that all the young kids get their news on TikTok and you know that the Chinese Communist Party is running it, that means the young kids are being fed viewpoints that don't align with our American values. That's why a month ago we were on the road. We did a story down in Nashville. It was in, uh, it was actually November is when we did it. It's down for the Patriot Awards in Nashville. And we were reading you Osama bin Laden's letter to America. It had gone viral on TikTok. Someone had posted a copy of the letter Osama bin Laden wrote to Americans explaining why 9-11 happened. And on Twitter, excuse me, on Twitter it was denounced. On TikTok it trended because millions of people clicked like on his manifesto. What the hell is the world coming to? The biggest problem we're facing right now in the age of identity politics is it's very reductive. And what I mean by that is when you reduce your value system to a predetermined skin color evaluation process. Light skin, bad, dark skin, oppressed. Okay, when it's that reductive, okay, you can draw a moral equivalency between Hamas and, say, Israel. You go, well, you know, Hamas, dark skin people, uh, they must be getting oppressed. I mean, that's how... That is a fact check false. Hamas is a bunch of terrorists, man. They don't value human life. Okay, but people in the identity politics circles at Yale and Harvard and all the Ivy League colleges are like, we're with Hamas. They're the good guys here. That's what they're yelling. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Criminally dumb. This is the dumbest time I've ever been to be alive. But you understand that's what you're dealing with when you start talking about, okay, the level of stupidity, okay, that has infiltrated America. It's weapons-grade stupid, as I say all the time. And the goal of the CCP is absolutely to use TikTok to inform consensus within America that America is bad, that our status quo way of doing things is bad, that we're somehow not tolerant or inclusive enough. This is China saying this. China is manipulating news feeds to make us look intolerant. China who still uses slave labor right now, this day and age, Uyghur Muslims, check out the, human, the UN Human Rights Commission's report on China. Okay, China formally accused of ethnic genocide in the Uyghur province of Hubei in this day and age. Okay, China that is deploying forms of slave labor. China that is deploying underage child labor. Okay, is using TikTok to sell its users on the idea that America is the bad apple. 
Okay, and Americans are consuming this stuff. So when you hear members of both parties, okay, Republican and Democrat, agreeing that TikTok is bad, it should really get your attention. Okay, because we're living in a divided time. Like, they they don't agree on nothing. Okay, this Congress doesn't agree that Dolly Parton has big boobs. I love it when you talk dirty. I'm just saying they don't. Ah, no, maybe not. They were caused by climate change. Or, that's white privilege, the big boobs. I'm not even going to agree with you on that. I mean, that's what's going on, man. It's the dumbest time there's ever been to be alive. They're fighting just because. You know when a couple, and we've all been in that couple, where you just you shouldn't be together because, you, you know, you're, you're now fighting for the sake of fighting. You know, it's like someone shows up with like, hey, here's a pizza. And you're just like, oh, God, you. I can't believe the way you open the pizza box. You you open it from the left. What the hell? What is that? And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. We're miserable. We shouldn't be together. Okay. That's where our Congress is most days. It's like, can this marriage be saved? No. Okay. But it ultimately will be saved because the good news for Congress is you get a new cast. Okay. You get to vote new people in and out. You don't get to vote new people in and out of your marriage regularly. Okay, it happens. People get divorced. People move on. But you don't get to change the cast every year. Believe me, Jenny has tried. She has pitched me on it multiple times. I have stood my ground. I have a piece of paper that says she is my property. But as we stand here right now, um, talking about China and its role in inflaming tensions in this country, you realize we do so in a rare moment of unity. Here is um, a couple of Republican takes, but you'll get some others as well. This is clip one. What censorship is TikTok doing at the request of the Chinese government? None. Is TikTok under the influence of the Chinese Communist Party? No, Senator. We are a private business. Your platform is basically an espionage arm for the Chinese Communist Party. Why should you not be banned in the United States of America? I disagree with your characterization. TikTok is is used by 170 million Americans. I know, and every single one of those Americans are in danger. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. That's exactly what they're saying. Okay. Here is Cruz specifically talking about how this works. The TikTok algorithm in the U.S. is feeding us one thing. But you know what the TikTok algorithm in China feeds the kids? For real. You know what it amplifies? It amplifies science and math videos. If you go on TikTok in China, it's not some blue-haired, you know, transgender professor saying three-year-olds need to get sex changes. It's a math lesson. It's a science lesson, which, of course, Americans are done with science now. Okay, Mr. Rogers would be canceled in the modern era for holding the views he had. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Oh, my God, Mr. Rogers said that now. Die in the Hague. What are you talking about? Biology? Who is this monster? That's how they roll. So you understand they're feeding an ideology to us that they know is toxic for our culture to consume. While over in their country, they are advancing academics on children. Here's Ted Cruz talking about a clip too. On TikTok in China, you are promoting to kids science and math videos, educational videos, and you limit the amount of times kids can be on TikTok. In the United States, you are promoting to kids self-harm videos and anti-Israel propaganda. Why is there such a dramatic difference? Senator, that is just not accurate. 
there's there, there's a lot not of... a difference between what kids see in China and what kids see here? Senator, TikTok is not available in China. It's a separate experience there. He seems like a real cut up, huh? So let me explain something to you. Okay, when he says semantically, TikTok is not available in China. You're not telling me the truth. Yeah, they, they give it to them under a different name. It's owned by the same company. It's on the same platform. It's just distributing completely different content. Okay, folks, here are, de- here are Democrats. Here is Dick Durbin. I agree with Dick Durbin on nothing. Nothing. If Dick Durbin told me Elvis was a good singer, I would not I'd probably have to go back and look at all of my Elvis box sets, all the Elvis vinyl, all the Elvis books, the Elvis glasses I own. I don't own the jumpsuits. I'm not Bill Hemmer. Bill Hemmer owns an Elvis jumpsuit. But Dick Durbin would make me question the king of rock and roll. And I've never I mean, you want to talk about things you just don't do. But here is Dick Durbin. Okay, interrupting the CEO of Discord, who was trying to tell Americans that their safety policies work for children. Here it is, clip six. Um, I mentioned we recently um, launched something called Teen Safety Assist, which works everywhere, and it's on by default for teen users. That kind of acts like a buddy that um, lets them know if they are in a situation or talking with someone that may be inappropriate so they can report that to, to us and block that user. Um, so we, Mr. Citrone, if that were working, we wouldn't be here today. Oh, oh, no, you didn't. Here's Josh Hawley going after Mark Zuckerberg. They've charged up Zuckerberg's battery, plugged him in and put a little more hair on his head. So the robot was particularly animated yesterday. Clip seven. For years, you've been coming in public and testifying under oath that there's absolutely no link. Your product is wonderful. The science is nascent. Full speed ahead. While internally, you know full well your product is a disaster for teenagers. Senator, and yet you keep true. right on doing what you're doing. Right? That's not true. That's not true. Oh, come on. You are so full of sh. Okay, Facebook social media is, you know, we're coming at this from the standpoint of is it good for kids? But is it, honestly, the honest question is, is it good for any of us? <laughs> Guys, the quality of life in this country since social media became a thing the level of political division, othering, people losing friendships, people not, I don't date people that vote that way. I don't hang out with people that vote that way. We don't do Christmas at my mother-in-law's anymore. She's a Republican. Oh, she's a liberal. Okay, that did not exist. That did not exist prior to social media. The issues we fight about in this country, for the most part, have not changed in the last 50 years. The way we fight about them has changed. And that's why we have the level of division that we do. Okay, but when you also understand they're pumping negative propaganda into our youth, they're also giving them content in ways that is demoralizing teens and leading to a record level spike in suicides, you can't show me the benefit of social media. Oh, but I like dog videos. Good, go on YouTube. Yeah, I'm fine with YouTube. I really am. You know, the apparatus of sharing content, watching it, liking it is good. Okay, and again, it's not my place to control people's freedoms, tell them what they should and shouldn't do. All I'm telling you is social media is garbage. Oh, it's just the worst thing for us in every way. But you understand it can improve because their business model subsists on advertising, on clicks. They need engagement. 
So they've got to manipulate sentiment in a way that keeps people engaged. Whether we're talking about sensationalized, you know, graphic violence or we're talking about all of the child pornography that they refuse to take down from their sites. That stuff is there because people click on it. And those clicks are worth money to advertisers. And when the companies are asked, hey, what's up with all the kid porn? They go, oh, well, we don't really know how to track that. We're trying. You know, we have this new system we put in that tells a kid if he's watching a thing. Guys, okay, if I go live on Facebook right now, if I said I'm doing a Facebook live, okay, they can immediately display how many people are on the live stream. They also know who the people are, which accounts have engaged. So this idea that all of this horrific content is floating around and they don't have the power to pinpoint it or know who's consuming it is, again, okay, it would be, you know, it would be mind-blowingly stupid if they believed what they were saying, okay? But they don't believe a word of it. The only thing they believe, okay, is that if they get on Congress, get up to Congress once a year, testify under oath that we'll do better, and they take everybody out for a nice lobbyist lunch. Everybody has a good time. They can be humiliated in sound bites that nobody will be talking about 24 hours from now. And everybody can go back to getting rich at the expense of our kids. Money, 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 money. The critics have spoken. You do that again and I'll break every bone in your body. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Cat Kamek's around the corner on Fox Across America. Mike is batting leadoff in Pokey. He is out in Idaho. Mike. Hey, what's going on? Love you, Jimmy. Love to hear from you every day, man. Oh, my man. Idaho Falls, March 1st, Colonial Theater. Uh, I'll be there. Damn right. Let's go. I promised some of the Fox people we'd go to Bear World. I actually don't think that's a good idea for the Fox crowd. They're a rowdy bunch. And they might get scared. Those guys are kind of, you know, embarrassed yeah. to get rowdy. <laughs> well, listen, if they ride the New York City subway, they're pretty brave. But uh, you're right. The bear's, you know, another animal. Uh, what do you think, man? So I was just listening to this TikTok thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, just to tell you where I'm coming from. 45-year-old army vet, conservative, religious, farmer, rancher, okay? Mm-hmm. I love to consume as many news sources as I can. I mean – you know, China is definitely our enemy, obviously, and they're trying to sway our public opinion. Now, this just goes for adults because children are in a different category, and they need the adults to filter and protect them from, you know, obviously things like child porn. And, you yep. don't want your kids consuming that stuff. Yep. But for adults, I'm trying to consume as many news sources as I can and form a conglomerate, a picture of, you know, what's really going on. Mm-hmm. I hate the WEF, but I want to hear exactly what they're trying to tell me so I can know, okay, yeah, that's, that's BS. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for the kids and stuff like that, I take an active role in everything they do. I get in their business. I get in their phone. I'm like, no, you're not watching this. No, you're not doing this. And so that's a different story. I'm, I'm like the gatekeeper for whatever thing they can consume. Yes. But for me, I'm like consuming everything. You know, I get like I get news from iFunny, this little app on my phone, and it's completely uncensored. And it really gives me a good public opinion because they don't stop the comments. You know, people yeah. have their racist comments, their all their other stuff, and it gives me a, a whole picture. Mm-hmm. No, and that's good. And that's what, uh, in this day and age. Everyone should be as informed as humanly possible because too much of the media is activist. 
But that's the bigger problem with something like TikTok. It's not even like our activist media. It's our biggest geopolitical foe is now giving you the news. Believe me, they're not telling the TikTok users to like the country. That's the danger there. So maybe we bring those people to bear world when the bears haven't been fed. You know what I'm saying? I'm down. I'm down. Michael, move a body. Uh, Listen, man, I'm sure we'll talk before then, but get your game face on. We're coming to Colonial Falls. Colonial Theater in Idaho Falls. The great Mike. Uh, Quick break. Cat Kamek around the corner. Going to be a hot one right here in the high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America. It's always nice... When the guests send in some theme music, it makes my job a lot easier. Joining us now, the wild thing herself, Florida Congresswoman Representative Kat Kamek on the line. Hey, girl. Girl, hey, I appreciate that tone lock that you had rolling for uh, me. Well, it's clearly right off your playlist. Are you kidding me? Ready to rap the whole damn song. <laughs> you are working all week, nine to five for your money. I, I don't doubt that. Uh, you're a busy gal. Uh, you're making a lot of magic happen in Congress. The last two times we've gotten on the phone, I've not known where to start the conversation because the world was, you know, the t- the phrase is dumpster fire. I'm from New York. We actually never say dumpster fire. We say cluster F. Uh, but the point is, any direction you point me in, Cat Kamek, we got a little bit of a mess on our hands, Snookums. The world really is upside down. Did you know the other day I was talking to somebody and they said, uh, you know, Rick Rubin. I'm like, yeah, Rick Rubin, like uh-huh. producer for the BC boys. And yeah. they're like, yeah, AI now. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. How did we go from Paul Revere and no sleep till Brooklyn to AI <laughs> leading voice in the artificial intelligence movement? <laughs> apparently someone's crazy. apparently one of those beastie boys fans has been drinking a little too much brass monkey, if you will. I see what you did there. Cat Kamek, <laughs> we got music jokes. So silly. Ooh, should we do Paul Revere? Oh, Cat Kamek. Story to you. tell about Three Bad Brothers now, that you know so well? No, no, we could because we do technically, according to the FCC, we have a license to ill. So we could. Yes, we could. Um, Cat Kamek is on the oh, line. How you, I know how you love them girls. <laughs> this, could, this could go on for 12 more jokes if we were so inclined. <laughs> Um, Kat Kamek, give me this. Uh, There was a vote yesterday in the House. I had to talk about this on America's Newsroom this morning. So two members of the squad vote against banning terrorists from coming into the country. Hamas terrorists, according to this bill, can't come here, won't find comfort or aid in the United States. Two people voted against that. Is there a motivation as to why? I mean, honestly, I think they're just saying the quiet part out loud. yeah, it was bizarre because I was actually I was chairing the floor. I had the mm. gavel in my hand during this vote series. Oh, I saw boo. And and I'm watching the dynamics at play here. And of course, I'm watching a lot of the the Democrats kind of circle around these folks because they had originally voted present, mm. which you know I believe that's a chicken crap vote. Anytime yeah. you vote present, that's just a chicken crap vote. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. either vote yay or nay and stand by your vote, kind of like stand by your man. But <laughs> uh, don't worry, we're not going to go down that path. But <laughs> watching them, they're putting up present votes. 
And then a, a bunch of folks are trying to get them to change their vote. And instead of changing it to yes, they change it to no. Mm-hmm. For some reason, a couple of my colleagues on the right were, were cheering at me. They're like, close the vote, close the vote. And I was like, no, 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 no. Your, your enemy when they're making a mistake. Yeah, yeah. Let them vote no. Let the American people see who they really are. Yep. They're saying the quiet part out loud. They don't care about America first. They don't care about the oath that they took to the United States Constitution. These lie elsewhere. And their agenda was yep. seen in the night as it is in the day. I mean, these people, they don't care about Americans. They want their own personal agendas. The America Last agenda. Nuts. We're talking to Florida Representative Kat Kamek, surrounded by dirtbags, as far as the eye can see. Uh, it's fascinating to me because there are certain positions that in a better time would actually be, like, disqualifying. You'd be like, wait, what? They said the terrorists could come? Yeah, yeah, they, they can't be here. But let me ask, to some extent, do they do this because it makes them more relevant and it's easier to fundraise? I mean, Jimmy, you and I have talked about the angertainment era that we're living through right yep. now where this incredible fire-breathing speech on the House floor, no one knows that the chamber is empty, right? You're just mm-hmm. literally delivering it to the C-SPAN cameras. <laughs> but the whole point is that shock, you know, the outrage culture that we're living in where if you're not mad and frustrated, then clearly you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. And so there is 100% that element of I think they like the shock value. They want to be relevant because they aren't actually advancing any legitimate. Yep. They're not actually doing going through the trouble of having to work a bill through through the system to improve the lives of their constituents. No, they in Cori Bush's case, she wants to pay her husband or boyfriend, whatever. And as we saw just last year, She's going to defund the police because it doesn't matter how much she spends on her own security. She needs it. But you and me, we don't. Could you imagine? She's going to defund the police. (laughs) I I just. Yeah. It's so obvious. And again, I think they're just trying to keep themselves in the conversation one way or the other. It's a great point. But, you know, it's scary because the only reason they didn't defund the police is Biden thinks the police are a British rock band. Lord. Wouldn't it have been great at the National Prayer Breakfast this morning if that's how he would have opened up? <laughs> I've had it with Sting. <laughs> We're defunding the police. And who is this Roxanne character? She doesn't sound very homely. Hey, there weren't any red dresses in the in the audience, but you know that would have been something else. <laughs> Cat Gamic. Um, in, in in the house, though. No, it been epic. Um, when you're going to be in New York, you got to let me know because you got to come do my Saturday night show. Hey, Jimmy, you got to tell me about this book. I was I was uh, at a dinner uh, last night that was supposed to be a uh, a roasting of sorts, Ooh. and I thought I thought that uh, we could have done better on the jokes. So so what what are some of the things that are in the book that people are loving? Oh, so you're saying give you the content for free over the air? I'm kidding, Cat Cam. I'm kidding. I love you, boo. <laughs> I'll text you offline. I'll give you the deluxe. If this audience hears another word about my book, they're going to storm the studio and shoot me. When a book comes out, this is how it works. Okay, you basically spend like a year writing a book like this alone in airports, hotel rooms, everywhere. 
and then you basically that first week is when all the promo happens. But it's so it's so incessant that oh, I I'm so sick of me. I can't imagine what the world's going through right now. Uh, we go to commercial. There's a commercial for my TV show. Then there's a commercial for my book. Then there's a commercial for my comedy special. Then there's a commercial for my Fox News special. They're like, join Jimmy this Saturday night. I'm like, hey, screw Jimmy. I can't stand that guy. So. No book content for you, uh, but I will. Uh, I'll message you offline if you need some. If you need some j- j- jokes for your next get together, as long as it's not for the prayer breakfast. As long as they're coming, as long as they're coming from you, Jimmy, and not your ghostwriter, Nick Cannon. <laughs> you think Nick Cannon has time to write jokes when he's paying all that alimony? Well, you know, he's definitely busy doing something. I, oh, I Kat, Kamek for the win. From here. You, I, I recognize we're on air, Jimmy, so I'm, I'm rolling it back. Yep, no, you're the best. Uh, we will let you run. Uh, that was a buzzer-beating jam, as always. Uh, we'll talk soon, girlfriend. Be well. The great Cat Kamek, there she goes, having a good time, making great points. Everybody in Washington is a scam. Bingo, man, bingo. I gotta tell you, I like Kamek. She makes me laugh. We talk off the air when I met her. And it was like the first thing I asked her, it was my favorite thing in the world. So it was like, I, I do this a lot, but with her, she was one of the first few Congress people I ever met. And I was like, hey, between you and me, like, how many of these people are full of And she was like, oh, no, like, yeah, like, like 85, 90% of them. I was like, oh, really? Like, we talked about this off the air. I was like, oh, it's, it's, no, it's fascinating because that strikes me as such. I don't have any background in anything, you guys. I have no education, okay? I drove a taxi. I've worked in, you know, comedy and showbiz, a couple of weird telemarketing gigs along the way. And, uh, you know, you kind of get a feel for human nature and stuff like that. And my assessment of politics when I started paying attention to it full-time is I was like, wow, everybody here is full of shit. Most of them really are. Uh, the cat camics of the world are people that will talk to you off the air over a beer, and they want to have the same conversation. And that's like the sign of integrity. That's not a performer. They don't out, they don't owe you that. And to be honest, some days you don't want to do it. Like if you meet me at a meet and greet, I don't really want to hear your political take. Just laugh and have fun. It's not because I don't think it has value. It's because, you know, we do this all day here. And when I meet you, we just want to have a good time because that's, that's what life's about, man. It's about having a good time. That's what I say. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. That's well, exactly uh, what's gotten me here. So I will stick with this method. We're back after this. He's the host you shouldn't get too close to. A lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Making the magic happen over here at 888-788-9910. Diamond Dave Landau going to be joining me. Man, oh boy, oh man, in the next hour. We're going to have a grown-up talk about general election polls. They're not going to make everybody happy. But if you hate Nikki Haley, (laughs) you'll enjoy this segment uh, if you're one of those folks. Uh, She was on Charlemagne the God yesterday. Charlemagne the God's a great morning show host. He has made quite a name for himself for giving Democrats a hard time, to his credit. His is the show where Hillary Clinton claimed she carried hot sauce in her purse. Hot sauce. Really? Yes. <laughs> you are so full of sh-
Joe Biden famously went on that show and said black people didn't have a choice. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? So in my opinion, okay, I really value Charlemagne's contribution to political discourse because he has big name, you know, nominees on from time to time. And he really will get into it with them, even if they're a Democrat. And I appreciate that. Yesterday, he got into it with Nikki Haley. Uh, she had some praise for Trump and the way he changed politics out of the gate. I thought it was worth listening to. Um, she didn't necessarily like his vibe, uh, but she talked about some of the good he has done. But, of course, the negatives as well, because she's trying to run against the guy. Here it is, clip 12. What I think he did right was, one, he broke some things that needed to be broken. I think those were important, breaking the bureaucracy and, and getting things to move in a way that people started talking about them again, I think was important. I think the other thing that he did was he really tapped into a group that felt unheard and unseen. And we should always focus on how you can, you know, and the unheard, unseen are people like where I grew up in, in Bamberg, South Carolina. Those people who work hard every day, they don't have a lot of time for politics, but they take care of their family. And But they felt unheard and unseen, and he tapped into that. And I think that that was something that was good. I think that you know, we should always try and tap into those people. All right, listen, she's not wrong. Trump is a real old school retail politician. He shakes hands. He kisses babies. He does rallies. He tells jokes. He travels the country. You're a damn fool if you deny the actual work ethic of Donald Trump. That's his appeal. Okay, beyond the, you know, the fact that they like the guy and that he takes the time to meet them and give them a voice to feel heard. The hustle resonates with people who have to hustle. Okay, if you're a farmer whose alarm clock is going off at 3 a.m. and you don't have the even the opportunity to hit a snooze button, let alone spend 40% of the year on vacation like Joe Biden did, you see the hustle of a guy like Donald Trump and you connect with it. Okay, you look at it and you go, oh, that kind of reminds me of me. No, I'm not comparing Donald Trump to farming. By any stretch of the imagination, I'm just telling you people who work hard resonate and gravitate towards the hardworking crowd. Biden has spent 39% of his presidency on a Delaware beach asleep with his C-cup breasts flopping in the chair. That's just a reality of the media age and electing a guy in his late hundreds. We don't need to be doing this, but here we are. Okay, but here is where Nikki Haley and Charlemagne, okay, get into it about uh, the Tim Scott endorsement. I found this interesting as well. Uh, this is clip 13. Did you so feel like, like it was a slap in the face with Tim Scott? Because mm -hmm. you did appoint him. Did you feel like that was a slap in the face and the fact that he loves Donald Trump and wants to tongue kiss him? Did, did you <laughs> feel like that was a slap you in know, the face? You know, people have to deal with their decisions. He's going to have to sleep with that one. Damn. How did you feel when you saw him say, I love you to Donald Trump in that way? He's going to have to sleep with that one. Did Not ever, sleep with him, but like, we know what you mean. Did he ever tell you that he loved you after you appointed him in 2012? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even call or text me to tell me that he was going to endorse Donald Trump. Wow. He didn't call or text me to tell me he was running for president. So y'all were really? on good terms, though, right? Yo. I have always thought he was a friend. Oh, I always thought he was a friend. This is politics as usual. Okay, she, she is hanging in there in this, in this one. Um, but one thing I disagree with Nikki on is Tim Scott is not going to have to live with endorsing Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump was consequentially an excellent president for the black community. 
If you're talking about opportunity zones, $75 billion for the black community, if you're talking about the First Step Prison Reform Act, by the way, he gave historically black colleges and universities their highest recurring funding endowment ever. Okay, Donald Trump did that. That wasn't done by our nation's first black president, Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. The point is Tim Scott endorses Donald Trump because he knows he can work with the guy. Doesn't mean you like every one of his truth social posts. It means that he has demonstrated an ability to listen to Tim Scott and to react in a proactive manner to his suggestions. But here is Haley getting into it about racism, which is always the, you know, hot button topic with Charlemagne on the show. They love to talk about race. Clip 14. Why can't politicians, Democrat and Republican, because we've all heard, we've heard you say America's never been a racist country. We've heard the vice president say that before. We've heard... OG Jim Clyburn say that before. We've heard Tim Scott say that before. Why can't Democrats and Republicans just be honest and tell people, hey, we can't have honest conversations about racism in this country because it's not a good electoral strategy? I mean, that's not why I'd do that's, it. That's why. No. That's why I, everybody does. I have talked about, look, I have talked about racism as it affected me and how we need to get past it. I mean, keep but in mind. You can't talk about it and say America's never been a racist. You can't say America's never been a racist country, but then talk about the racism you've experienced. There is racism in our country. Mm-hmm. I don't think that our country was founded to be racist. I don't. I think that it was meant to be this amazing experiment to see if we could have freedom and democracy in a way that all men are created equal. But if you didn't we look at are all not men, there yet. But if you didn't look at all men as equal from the beginning, then the, the ideology is flawed. But why do you want kids to hear that they live in a racist country? Why can't you tell kids... Look, we're not perfect, and we have some more things to fix. I just, I don't want any child to think like that. I don't want any child to believe that they're disadvantaged from the second they're born. I didn't want to feel that. I don't think it's a disadvantage. I think if you tell it somebody. It is, though. I think if you- Listen, I think she gave you a good answer. I actually think it's a really good answer. People are trying to portray that in the media as a bad answer. Should we really be telling kids the minute they come out of the womb? The deck is stacked against you. Society's not fair. You don't have a chance. She's not wrong there. Barack Obama ran for the presidency on Yes, We Can. In the modern Democratic worldview, he would be considered like a right-wing strongman. They would be calling him half-white instead of the first black president. They'd be like, yes, we can. Check your privilege. What do you mean in this systemically racist nation that just elected a black president twice? (laughs) It's my favorite thing in the world. We have crossed the threshold of tolerance and inclusion. The limit for black America is now president, okay, meaning the limit is the sky, okay, and the people that want to sell you racial division benefit from it a lot more than you do from hearing it. That's just reality. We'll get into more politics. We'll get into Diamond Dave Landau. We are going in in a chippy next hour of the show. We're packing the foil, playing some old-style hockey. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Getting ready to rumble the final hour of the day on a very chippy Fox Across America with Jimmy. I mean, man, the sparks are flying. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. Well, if you were mad at me in the last two hours, buckle up because this next one, man. We're busting in Diamond Dave Landau to lower the temperature because we've got to talk about the 2024 general election and a new Quinnipiac University survey uh, out today 
that now shows Joe Biden pulling into a lead over Donald Trump. Wrong. Uh, believe me, I don't take any joy in reading this one because I consider Joe Biden to be pound for pound probably the worst president we've ever had. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But this is damaging stuff. And uh, if you dive a little bit further into the polling, it's also showing uh, some bad news for Trump as it pertains to his matchup against Nikki Haley. So if today was the day you were dying to send some hate mail uh, to the local radio station, get out the keyboards and get typing because I got a lot to say about this one. Man, oh boy, oh man. 888-788-9910 if you want in. Like I said, Diamond Dave Landau is going to be here. But we will, of course, begin with some you and me time. Uh, One plug and we are on our way. Listen. When it comes to the 2024 election, I'm pretty outspoken about the fact that it would mean a lot to me. It would mean like an actual a lot to me. Like I want to be above board here. It would mean so much to me if Joe Biden wasn't the president by the end of election night 2024. Come on, man. No, no. The guy is he's terrible. He's a race baiting dirtbag. You know, remember, he's the guy who launched his campaign by saying it was a battle for the soul of our nation because Trump never condemned neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Whoa, wait, get out of here. Yet Biden launched his whole campaign on that, okay, and continued to race bait us with things like voter ID. Wow, you can't ask black people for voter ID. They're not capable. This is worse than Jim Crow. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia and 40 other states. So you understand, I just, man, I have no appetite for another four years of Joe Biden. First of all, I don't think he has another four minutes in him. Like Joe Biden is the first United States president to speak at the United Nations and have his remarks translated into English. That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House. He's a disaster, okay? But getting past that is the indifference to the suffering caused by his policies at the border. Okay, certainly the mismanagement on the world stage when it comes to foreign policy. The point is, when you look around at the country, there's only one conclusion. Biden is such a disaster. But you understand, Joe Biden doesn't have the negatives in a general that Trump does. And this poll that's out today that's going to get a lot of people worked up shows Biden. And understand, this was taken this week from January 25th to 29th. It's Quinnipiac University poll. Quinnipiac being the second most accurate polling mechanism, the second most accurate in the world after Fox News, after Fox News. Okay, pound for pound, if you were to walk across the board and look at all the polling that's done over the course of a year, you'd put our polling above just about anybody else's. But I want you to know this. When it comes to Quinnipiac, they're right right there. It's the same conversation. You know, you could show me a margin of error one way or the other. They're that good. So if Quinnipiac shows Biden leading Trump by six points in a head-to-head matchup, six points now. This could be a problem. This is without the entirety of the media training all of its guns on Trump. Right now, they still have Nikki Haley to take shots at. They're saying racist things about Tim Scott. Okay, this is now. This is before the big celebrity endorsements roll in. This is before Taylor Swift rolls in. This is before the big guns come out to sell the world on January 6th. 
Trump trying to overthrow an election. I don't believe he did. I don't believe he's guilty of an insurrection. But what I'm telling you is if Biden is beating Trump in a head-to-head matchup now, when 91 criminal indictments kick in come the fall, you're going to have a really big problem, especially the fact that Trump, sadly, okay, you, you know, again, this isn't me making it up. This isn't opinion. This is fact, okay, is being held liable for raping a woman. Now, if you're a guy, okay, who is already struggling with female voters, I promise you, no matter how mad you get at me for saying this to you, I'm saying it to you because it needs to be said. If you're struggling to court female voters, okay, adding a civil suit for sexual assault to the docket isn't going to boost your appeal. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, I'm not saying this to get people upset. Okay, there's every other conservative. There's so many hosts out there just getting you upset anyway because they don't have the talent to entertain you. Okay, I'm trying to have a sober conversation because I really don't want another four years of Joe Biden. Okay, so let me walk you through this. I'm not saying get rid of Trump. I'm just telling you when it comes to female voters, you know, the people who decide elections, females and suburban swing voters, that's who decides elections. Okay, Biden's support with females. Okay, over Trump is 58 to 36. It's up 10 points since December. That can't be good. What's happened since December, you guys? Trump was found civilly liable for sexually assaulting a woman. You can say, oh, the kangaroo court. You know, you could say weaponized justice. All of this could be true, but you still need the votes for those women who don't agree with you. I think he's got a point. Okay, survey finds Biden 58 to 36, up 10 points from December. Trump leads with men 53 to 42, so he's got a lead. It is unchanged since last month. If third-party candidates are added into the mix, Biden's lead over Trump shrinks. Poll has Biden at 39%, Trump with 37%, RFK with 14%. Cornell West somehow getting 3%, which you got to be Cornell West is a circus clown. Okay, and of course, Green Party candidate Jill Stein coming in at 2%. Okay, so in a third party race, Trump does a little better, but he still loses. Okay, Nikki Haley consequentially right now. I'm not stumping for Nikki Haley. Don't get mad. Don't call the station and go, I didn't realize you were running a zoo. And Jimmy Fallon's time slot, you got a rhino in that time slot. I didn't understand this was the zoo. It's not the zoo. It's a sober conversation about the state of this election. Nikki Haley beats Biden 47 to 42 straight up in a hypothetical two-person matchup. She beats Biden by five. Okay, meaning the safest bet today back to the White House is absolutely Nikki Haley. It would be Ron DeSantis, too, if he could get the nomination. Ron DeSantis was great You know, I make fun of DeSantis for wearing lift boots because he got caught walking around with lifts in his boots. That was embarrassing. Okay, but he's a great governor. I'd go to bed tonight and forget who the president was if we elected the guy because I know he would enforce America first policies. Nikki Haley. Okay, they're all executing the Trump doctrine. The difference is they're not carrying the Trump baggage into the elections. This is the challenge. We'll talk about it from time to time. We won't talk about it all the time because I really don't feel like reading all your dumb emails when people get mad and start screaming at me. Because honestly, I want you to have a voice, but I want you to understand my voice is bargaining with you in good faith. I have a wife and a kid. I care about the country. I don't want the Democrats in charge for four more years. So for my money, the longer this primary plays out, the better. Because if we're going to make 
make somebody the nominee in the Republican Party. The goal is not to get our way emotionally because we like our guy. I like Trump. He's consequentially better for the country than Biden is. But like the DeSantis problem, you got to get the job to do the job. And if Trump has these negatives, they're not about to go down. Okay, if you were just held civilly liable for sexually assaulting a woman and now you're going to be on trial for 91 criminal indictments during the election cycle, you can tell me it's lawfare because I agree with you. It is lawfare. Okay, but if the lawfare works, you don't get the country back under control by just yelling that they, you know, well, they, you know, they screwed him. All right, great. But he still doesn't get to be president. That's the point I'm trying to make here in a five candidate field. Okay, Biden also beats Haley. Okay, so the truth is, you know, head to head, she's going to beat him. In a five candidate field, he's going to beat all of them. Okay, that's where we're pulling right now, because here's the problem. The things you prioritize in the Republican Party. Okay, are not the things they care about. Okay, the meaning the demo, we're freaking out. We're apoplectic. We look at the border. I'm like, are you out of your mind? It's the southern border. It's the front door of the house. Shut the door. It's not how it works. Shut the door. That's where you're at emotionally. You're overwhelming cities. Okay, the schools are overcrowded. Kids can't get an education. Nobody's learning right now because of Biden's border policies. I love the poorly educated. Okay, we're not in a good place. And as conservatives, people care about the country. We're like, hell no. Record level fentanyl, fentanyl poisoning deaths. This is bad. But on the left, they see this as inclusive. They see this as, no, no, this is good. You know, we're changing the demographics. We're going to. You know, turn a few states around. They used to tell, call, call that the great replacement theory. They used to be like, oh, you're a racist if you say that. It's a great replacement theory. What are you, Hitler? Okay, but now they flat out say it in their sound bites. We're changing the demographics. We're going to change the way these elections go. And then you get on TV and you're like, you know, they're changing the demographics. And they're like, how dare you suggest what we just said we were going to do? Democrats are so full of crap. Oh, it's a scam. Democratic leadership is a scam. Okay, it's a race-baiting scam. Earlier in the show, we talked about Rashida Tlaib and Cori Bush. They're the only two people to vote against a bill that would ban Hamas terrorists from coming to our country. So everyone in the House of Representatives, every Democrat except two, every Republican voted against this bill. Can't have terrorists in the country. This is safety. Okay, there's no more primal imperative if you are a representative of people than keeping them safe, prioritizing their safety. The fact that they voted against the safety, okay, of their constituents is intellectually disqualified. They're not fit to lead. Okay, that's who these people are. And you understand their priorities are not your priorities. So when you're looking at the actual overarching premise of what's better for the country long term, nobody can argue, nobody can convincingly argue that the Democrats would be better. But they successfully argue it anyway by just calling you a racist, by saying, oh, January 6th, white supremacy, oh, Trump dividing the country, blah, 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 blah. Never mind that they're working overtime to divide the country a lot harder than he is. Okay, the reality is they're succeeding. He has the negatives that he does. So this is a really, really tricky conversation to have. And I'm going to have it with Dave Landau, a comedian, and we're going to have a light conversation the rest of the way because I'm really not doing this to fight with you. I'm just doing this because I need everybody to slam it into second gear and understand the race is not ending, okay, before March. It's not ending. Nikki Haley has money. She's not going anywhere. She may not be the nominee. You might be saying through the speaker right now, shut up, fatso. She's down by 30 in South Carolina. You're damn right she is. Okay, but the reality is donors 
okay, in her campaign are going to stick around because they know the polling is changing the conversation. They know Trump's legal problems are changing the conversation. Again, this is not me bashing Trump. This is not me saying go go away. This is not me saying he wasn't better for the country than Biden. So you have to know that I'm bargaining with you in good faith, okay? We're in a really, really uncharted position right now as it pertains to the 2024 election. Because if you listen to a lot of conservative media, you're like, wow, Biden sucks. He's destroying the country. And you hear it every day and you believe it. And to be honest with you, it's true. Okay, he's doing a lot of damage to the country. But when it comes to winning the election, okay, there's almost 200 million people voting in this thing that aren't watching what you're watching all day, that have an entirely different opinion of the country. And while we can all agree Biden's probably too old to run, a lot of people don't believe he's doing the bad job that he is because it doesn't affect them. Okay, if you're not a rank and file working class voter, okay, Record levels of inflation don't really bother you. You might notice, huh, honey, these eggs seem a little more expensive, but it doesn't affect you the way it would affect somebody like me, you know, as a cab driver trying to raise a child. You know, I get it. I have real empathy for working class people. Just the way crime has spiked in so many liberal cities, okay? If you are a resident of those cities, you get it. But the vast majority of the people who vote Democrat are wealthy elites. They're not the party of the little guy. The Republicans are the party of the little guy. Who works a rope line and does a 1,000 rallies a week? Trump does. Trump goes out there and shakes hands with the pizza guys. Trump stops by the fire department. Okay, Trump is the retail politician in this race. Biden is the guy that gets seen in public as often as Punxsutawney Phil. Okay, and he makes about as much sense when he opens his mouth as Punxsutawney Phil. Yet he happens to be leading Trump in the polls now, and that ain't good. I got a bad feeling about this. The show that sees through the bullshit. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Diamond Dave Landau around the corner. (laughs) Mikey! No, no, we're laughing at you, Mikey. You're not on camera right now. I was just joking to Josh during the commercial break. Mikey was walking into the studio to hand me a document. I'm like, Josh, watch this. Mikey's going to hand me this like he pulled the pin out of a grenade and ran away from it. And sure enough, he missed the desk. (laughs) You're the best, Mikey. Shout out to Mikey. Uh, Some paperwork for my interview with Diamond Dave. Here is some additional polling. So in a head-to-head, Trump is annihilating Nikki Haley straight up. 77% to 21% nationwide. Just absolutely destroying Nikki Haley. Get her out. Get her out of here. So I'm not getting on the phone, okay? In the Republican primary, he's beating her 77 to 21. I'm not getting on the phone and telling you he can't win the nomination or he's not going to win the nomination. I'm telling you I really need to win the general election. So I'm trying to have a sober conversation. I don't care if it pisses people off because if the country's in better shape four years from now, you're in better shape. Congratulations. But here it is. In, with Republican-leaning voters, he beats Haley 77% to 21%. Okay? So in terms of who we think is going to get the nomination, if you're betting money, you're betting Trump. So don't think I'm, you know, again, trying to get you all razzed up. Okay, but if you're betting the general election, he's not the favorite. That's the point. He's not the favorite. Okay? Going into an election, you'd love to be the favorite. And some of you go, oh, yeah, well, why don't you ask Hillary Clinton? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I would agree with you, okay, because Hillary Clinton was the favorite, but election night ended with her howling at the moon. 
Okay, but you know who was the favorite in the 2020 election? Joe Biden. Okay, you know who was the favorite in the 2012 election? Barack Obama. You know who was the favorite in the 2008 election? Barack Obama. You know who was the favorite in the 2004 election? George W. Bush. You know who was the favorite in the 2000 election? George W. Bush. You know who was the favorite in the 1996 election? Bill Clinton. Are you guys noticing a trend here? Okay, it is very good to be the favorite in the general. Okay, you don't want to be betting the underdog. Historically, you win the election once every 50 years. Doesn't mean you shouldn't try. I'm not telling you that. That's not what I'm doing here. Okay, but I'm trying to have some sober analysis because the truth is politics in the age of social media and the 24 hour news cycle have a way of making everybody a prisoner of the moment. And you go, oh, well, look at all the momentum. You know, Trump just blew it out in Iowa. One big in New Hampshire. He's won two out of a possible 50 races. This thing is over. You know, and that's the way people think. That's the collective psychology. She should get out or donors or neocon or the dc swamp or so you know whatever you could say about nikki haley that you like to say and you think it's trendy okay but the point is it's not trendy and when you look at the general election the things that determine the outcome fare better for her okay than they do for trump that's all i'm saying to you it doesn't mean you're gonna switch your vote doesn't mean i want you to switch your vote Okay, but it means if you're a conservative and you're really committed to voting Trump, you got to really start thinking about how you, you, not me, not Trump, not his campaign, how you are going to get the people in your life who are on the fence to see it your way because he can't win if you don't. And that's where we find ourselves right now. Okay, if you really care, this is your moment to show it. Correct the mundo. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Trying to lower the thermostat a little bit, so we're bringing in comedy's sexiest man. You'll see him next week back. His return engagement on Fox News Saturday Night with Jimmy Fallon. I am, of course, discussing comedy bad girl Diamond Dave Landau. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, Sugar. How you doing? I got to tell you, I dealt you into a fun one today. Normally when you call into the show and we talk comedy dates and stuff, I might give you some semblance of a heads up of what we might be talking about. Like, hey, did you see the Barbie thing? You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. Today I just read an audience, uh, 160 radio stations worth of, of audience, uh, polling that shows Joe Biden beating Donald Trump in the general election. Take it away, Dave. <laughs> Okay, so that's... <laughs> You're like, my connection's really bad, Jimmy. I can't hear you. I think I'm going to try to call back. Yeah, that's weird. I'm afraid that if I'm honest about it, I'll commit suicide partway into the interview. <laughs> <laughs> so here's where we find ourselves today. It's a Quinnipiac poll, right? It's so good. It's oh. Qu- and Quinnipiac, no, no, Quinnipiac, again, if you ever wanted to play, you know, like a drinking game... Okay. Try to okay. try to text the word Quinnipiac and do a shot every time you get autocorrected. There's no chance you live through it. None. Okay. But uh, I, I see. I'm not. But I'm not encouraging you to go back to drinking. But this polling might. So here's the deal. It's, Qu- <laughs> it's Quinnipiac poll, right? Okay. And they are pound for pound as accurate as any polling outfit out there. They have Biden beating Trump in the general 
uh, by a significant number, six points. They have Nikki Haley beating Trump in the general by about five points. Now, the issue is, and this is all I wanted to speak to you about as a comic, is what it really does show is how the country has two completely different sets of values. Because, like, if you're a Republican and you look at, like, the border or you look at, like, the fact that we're on the brink of World War III, you consider Biden the consequentially probably the worst president we've ever seen. But on the other side of this thing, they actually think he's doing a good job. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. I think that it actually just shows that two sides are one people live in, in the real world. And the other people, <laughs> the other people are making up a poll number. <laughs> well, you know, I was saying this earlier, right? I said that a lot of the people who vote liberal now, because they're not a working class party, it's rich elite people, it's Hollywood actresses. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's yes. you, know, so, you know, software CEOs. It's rich coastal elites, Beltway media journalists. They aren't affected by anything he's doing. Like, if your kid is going to a high-end private school, you don't care that inner-city schools have a 1,000 extra students in the hallways this week, you know? But if you are a rank-and-file voter, it affects you. So do you think his appeal is just essentially his policies don't affect any of the people who support him? I think his appeal is just you didn't want to say that you voted for Trump yeah, and you're it. just picking anybody. I, I don't yep. think there's right. an appeal. You're right. I I wish I could say that because I, I can't find an appeal. It's like, you know, the guy who is brain damaged. He's very elderly. <laughs> he hasn't done anything for the country. We're all completely screwed. I'm very well off and my kid's in an elite school, so I'm fine. How are you? you know I can't imagine pitching that to someone and thinking it's okay. <laughs> you know the guy who shakes hands with invisible people? I think he should have the nuclear codes for four more years. I, I think it's good. I think it's good for the country. <laughs> Right. You know the guy who has to wear an earpiece to tell him to walk straight, salute <laughs> Marines, uh, <laughs> tell him there's stuff on his face every time he takes a nibble? Yeah, it, that's not – there's no way that's accurate. There's no I'm way. Sorry. There's no way. Uh, is it a bookie that came up with those numbers? They're like, trust me, you're <laughs> Diamond Dave Landau is on the phone. He is throwing the challenge flag at this Quinnipiac polling. Now, they have been reliably accurate in the past, so I think it's I think it's what you said. I actually think the poll is accurate. I think it just speaks to the fact that we just we're in two different worlds. We're two different worlds. Like because when you hear like rappers, when rappers are coming out in favor of Trump and you know there's a lot of pressure in the entertainment industry not to vote Republican. Okay, when Ice Cube is coming out, when Snoop Dogg is coming out, when Meek Mill is coming out and being like, no, no, this Democrat thing didn't work, y'all. Okay, that's significant. And it carries a lot of weight within their community. So it is a real liability for the Democrats. So it must be it just it it must be they're down to rich, rich people and like self-hating white people. And that's it. It's got to be Well, you have you have. Ice Cube, who's always been the voice of anti-establishment since yeah. the time he was 15. <laughs> and then you have little Nas X, who wears high heels with bl- his own blood in them and pole dances. <laughs> one is not anti-establishment. One is completely – I agree that one of them is definitely voting for Biden. And the other one is using his head. That's little little Nas X is like, I would love to F the police, Ice Cube. Where are they? Are they cute? <laughs> exactly. I'm, how, what is the tone of this song? <laughs> I, I know the song's called <laughs> F the Police, Ice Cube. In what way exactly? I'd love to know. <laughs> Can they do it to me? How do we do this? <laughs>
<laughs> Woo! What a day. Uh, are you yeah. on the road this weekend? Uh, oh, go ahead. Real. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, this weekend, just a little bit of a private show, but then next weekend, um, I will be at the Brad Garrett's Comedy Club in Las Vegas, Nevada, yeah, and then off to Saratoga Springs uh, for yeah, Comedy yeah. Works in New York. I love this. And did you run into my man, Danny Boy O'Connor from House of Pain uh, during the week this Dude. week? I, I just met him last night. He did my show. Absolutely amazing interview about sobriety and life. And then Love we it. went out to dinner, and mm. uh, he loves you. Oh, Danny. Danny he, Boy. So Danny loves Boy. So he goes, do you, do you know Jimmy Fallon? I'm like, he's one of my best friends. I did just did his first night of uh-huh. Saturday, uh, Fox Saturday night. He's like, are you serious? He's like, text him a picture of us right oh, now. Oh, <laughs> Danny. I'm going to get Love Danny. You, I'm going to get him on the Saturday night show. People listening, Danny was in House of Pain. They sang Jump Around. I mean, ju- I mean, when you talk about songs, Diamond David, we could start there. Jump Around has probably, between like sports stadiums, weddings, you know, dive bars, um, Couples that ended with the woman having a shiner, like Irish pubs. <laughs> Jump yeah. Around has probably been played in more debauched scenarios than any song in the history of the world. Would you not agree? Absolutely. And it was played in Irish bars. It was Jump Around was just about dodging fists, I think. <laughs> but it was absolutely on a different level. Like He hit number three here with that song, then number six in the UK at a time when you're about 92. Yeah. The number of albums you had to sell physical copies yeah. of. It's not like today where you can get a – it really does – it you, does take a lot, don't get me wrong, to get a hit song. Mm-hmm. But you can download it. Sometimes it's free. You don't have to this go get legi- it. Yeah. No, like this is a legitimate guy who was huge in a way that I don't think people can really comprehend unless they were around in that era. Yeah, you had to be there for the significance of Jump Around. But the significance of Danny Boy O'Connor, he, as you know, uh, bought The Outsider's House, uh, which was the house for the movie uh, about the book by S.E. Hinton. And, uh, you know, they've made this whole museum and school kids go there. He is, like, legitimately just a higher caliber human. You know what I'm saying? When you hang out with him, didn't you kind of get that feel? Because he's also was like as much as he comes off as like a street dude, he's very cultured. Yes. And he's he reminded me he and I had some similar backstories and it was fun to exchange that and to listen to him talk about why he bought that house and how he related to Matt Dillon in that movie and what it meant to him and how when he saw that movie, he didn't know much about the book. So he went and bought the house. Like the ultimate movie prop in Tulsa where Coppola shot that yeah, just to have it is an absolutely amazing story. And now it's, you know, it's been redone. It looks just like the movie. People come and mainly, you know, he said it's a lot of like middle school kids who are getting into the book because that story never changes. The idea of trying to find family or coming from nothing, being impoverished. Mm -hmm. Uh, And really, I don't I think we are coming to a whole new time where the. Uh, you know, then it was greasers versus socias, but yeah. I mean, really, the poor versus the elites. Yep. Uh, I don't know if it's ever been this prevalent. Now, that's a great point. And you know, it also helps the outsiders that it's like the one classic book that hasn't been banned. So it's like, you which know. is shocking. I'm sure one person tried. <laughs> but you know, what's your point, though? Really funny. 
about the elites versus the little guys, that is ultimately what we're dealing like. When, when you look at, like, the way they're weaponizing climate change to be like, you know, you, you can't do anything anymore. And they're all doing whatever they want. Or the way they shut you down with COVID. They're like, you can't do anything anymore. But they all did it, you know. We're definitely living in, like, don't you feel on some level it's like a caste system now? Absolutely, I do. That's nuts. Absolutely, I do. Yeah, I think I, I believe it is. Yes, it's even like in other ways. You know how like every second of your life now is a measuring contest in some capacity. Like we now, we used to board planes in like one or two classes. Planes now have about seventy-seven boarding classes. You've noticed this as a comic when you fly. Oh yeah, first class. I mean, I understand you have people that have kids first. Mm-hmm. You know, which is personally, you know, I I can, mm-hmm. I have a kid. I think yeah. you should go last, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> um, but no, I I get that. I get that. And I get the military first, but now yeah. it's like you have rows one through eight. Yeah. Like, how does eight feel? Like, what does that ticket cost when they're you're walking in and they're like, "I'm sorry, is that a backpack?" And they're like, "Do I have to check it?" And they're like, "No, you have to throw that away in front of everyone." <laughs> We're now boarding divorced with bad credit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're now yeah we're now boarding five hundred or lower. Uh, <laughs> rodeo injury, uh, rodeo injury. Now boarding. If you could wheel yeah. yourself to the gate, turn down for a Dodge uh, Neon. If you want to go ahead and come on in, that's it's fine. So uh, <laughs> turn down for a and Dodge. And for some reason, it's like you have to walk through you. You have to walk through every class if you're the last one. That's the best part. <laughs> it's like that is the real walk of shame. Like when you're in the last row of a plane, the last row, you know? Yeah. If you're up against the bathroom, I would rather be leaving a frat house holding high heels now <laughs> <laughs> than have to be, be group number nine. Uh, you know, or what is it, D15 yeah. on Southwest, where oh, there's my. just no chance. You know, you d- have to go between two morbidly obese people <laughs> say, hi, can I sit on your laps? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Can I check your ticket? Were you seated in circus fat? I didn't see yeah. I didn't see circus fat on your ticket when you were boarding. Ah, <laughs> oh, so bad. Yeah. And they, like, I sit here and half of them are like, I bought two seats. And you're like, okay, well, congratulations. <laughs> I'll go find someone else. You just feel like Forrest Gump. Oh, man. You're <laughs> getting on the bus. We're not even trying anymore, America. We're not even trying. Uh, you know my favorite Southwest is, by the way? So Southwest makes you board, like, literally by seat number at LaGuardia. So, like, 1A, and there's, like, a 1B. So, like, literally, the guy who's the first guy on the plane, actually, he is ordered to stand there first. And the guy next to him is, like, 1AA or 1B or whatever the hell it is. Fox was flying yeah. me somewhere. I think it was down to the Hard Rock for the Patriot Awards two years ago. I had 1A, meaning, like, not the first seat. I had the second seat. But the guy who was one seat in front of me made a very pronounced point for me to know he was one seat better than me. And I was like, dude, either way you slice this thing, we're flying southwest. Like, we are on a bolt bus with wings right now. I'm like, nobody – there are no winners on this plane, sir. I had a guy who flew for Spirit who was a pilot, Uh and he told me, he goes, yeah, I know it's not the best, but he goes, look, it's all the same. 
you know, some of the seats look different, but yeah, it's all rickety. If it goes down, it's going down. I'm like, that's terrible to know. <laughs> Yo, I had two Southwest guys. I went to a Dallas Cowboys game with Lincoln and my brother this year. I had two uh, uh, Southwest pilots, that season ticket holders to the Cowboys, sitting next to me in my section. They were the greatest two dudes I've ever met. Like, just the best. They were funny as hell. Huge Cowboy fans. Um, They drank like they were pledging a fraternity. Unbelievably drunk. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. I love that we both just said that. Yeah. Female referee. They're screaming, show us your every time she makes a call. I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> what are you doing? It was, it was outrageous, man. It was outrageous. But uh, what a time to be alive, I think, is the point. So the American people need to know, next weekend, Saturday night, okay, they will see you live on the Fox News channel doing the damn thing on Fox News Saturday night. You are Diamond Dave Landau. I mean, you're obviously on the premiere, but you're also the first repeat guest in the history of the show. I mean, that's high praise, is it not? I am very flattered, honestly. I think you have something amazing going on there, and I'm I'm very happy to be a well, part of it. I can't. I I really do thank you for having me back on. Stop it. I'm looking forward to it. No, I'm serious. No, I real... know I normally I am normally not nice. <laughs> Good for you. Well, you know this. I all I want credit for is is being the one guy in this industry who keeps a campaign promise. Like I was telling you months ago, I'm like, no, no, dude, just shut your mouth. I'm getting the show. You're going to be on it all the time. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Just shut your mouth. It's going it's going to work. And everybody in the history of showbiz, whoever says that to one of us, okay, because we've heard the speech a lot. You never wind up on the show. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the late great. Oh no! I, yeah, go ahead. I hear you're gonna. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I always hear. Yeah, no, I'm gonna make you a writer the second I get this, and then. Once the show takes off and their career starts going down, I get a text. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, are you still tight with the booker at Bananas? You're like, wait, what? I I thought you had a TV show. What's going on here? Not you, Don. I did. I also had a Coke problem. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Good stuff, my man. I'll see you on the telly next week. Be well. Thank you, my friend. The legendary Diamond Dave Landau. Back after this. Watch Jimmy's new show Saturday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and we are in the bottom of the ninth. I am wrapping up the day today and flying out to Los Angeles, Gavin Newsom territory. That's stupid. Use your common sense. No, ma'am. Tomorrow night I got to do some quick filming uh, for my Fox News Saturday night show. I will be back in New York Saturday night uh, doing the show, and it's going to be wall-to-wall madness. The cast of Farmer Needs a Wife. On the show, the cast of Farmer Needs a Wife, the show uh, that is on Fox tonight on the Fox Network. You can watch it tonight in primetime. New season of Farmer Needs a Wife, all new cast, going to be fantastic. I'm basically the reverse of that because I married a girl who grew up on a farm. So think about that. Maybe we can do a spinoff show with me and Jenny Uh, one way or the other. You'll see them. Uh, You're going to see comedy legend Joe Piscopo. 
who made his bones in the 80s with Eddie Murphy and Robin Williams and Gilbert Godfrey. He's been a huge supporter of mine behind the scenes, a great personal friend. I'm thrilled to bring him onto the show. And then you're going to see a banger of a panel. Abby Hornacek is there. Uh, Chris Roach is there. Uh, if you guys follow sitcoms, Chris Roach was on a CBS sitcom with Kevin James. It was called Kevin Can Wait. And he has become a bit of a regular on the CBS sitcom circuit. He'll be there as well. And you will see Corinne Fisher, who's a podcast legend, a bit of a comedy band girl and uh, I, someone I'd consider a great friend for about 15 years so I'm thrilled to have her on the show. Going to be a banger. Uh, we can talk about it tomorrow or we can take this up on the TV but either way you slice it, get out there, okay? I have until Saturday to make the bestseller list. I'm telling you because I care. It would be amazing. It would be amazing if our group of people made that list. So if you haven't pre-ordered or ordered, the book's now on sale, the Cancel Culture Dictionary, go get yourself a copy. It is foxnewsbooks.com Read the reviews. I'm blown away. I Like, my mom couldn't have wrote a better review than they have at all of these magazines and newspapers, and that's because we busted our ass to give you good content. So if you could, meet us at the finish line for a victory hug, but either way you slice it, the show's over. Pay up, get out, be a Republican, be a Democrat. All we ever ask is that you don't be a... Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.